So I'm here with uh, Jay Park. Jay Park is an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. owns many different businesses. He does music, author, inventor. I read on your uh, um, LinkedIn. Oh, sure. So yo, I'm here with him right now, yep. and it's an honor to have you here. My question, w- my first question to start this off would be, could you explain a bit about your journey and just give us a small little snippet into your life and how you got to where you are now? Well, I guess um, since we're having this conversation, I mean, um, born to immigrant family. So my parents came over um, when basically I was born in Korea, but I came to Canada when I was six months old. Mm-hmm. So believe it or not, I couldn't speak English because they spoke Korean at home. And so when I entered kindergarten, I I had to go to ESL. Right. Because I lived here, but I, I was at home with my parents and we spoke Korean at home. When I went into kindergarten, I couldn't speak any English. Mm-hmm. So That's that was great. kind of my start. Um, so an immigrant family, um, my, my parents came to Canada with $350 to their name and, okay. you know, basically did any odd jobs, cleaning, like oh, right. at, at, at early mornings, like drive through at McDonald's, what whatever it took. Mm-hmm. And uh, I heard stories where, you know, my parents, uh, we first landed in Toronto. And so, as you know, Toronto's climate is fairly cold in the winters. Right. And so they said that the winters were horrible. And sometimes they would take my brother and I shopping. Mm-hmm. And they looked at each other because they didn't even have $20 to do grocery shopping. So, I mean, those those were the days. And, and to think now that, you know, I take my kids out for ice cream and it's more than $20. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, from very humble beginnings, um, I guess I always had this entrepreneurial itch because uh, my my parents they were too poor to send my my brother and I to like daycare or anything like that. So we would we would stick around the family business and the family business at that time was a, a I guess a bakery, so a retail bakery selling breads rolls, you know. Uh, cookies, muffins, and whatnot. But um, yeah, we would basically the back of the bakery uh, was our playground. So uh, the 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 bags of flour we would draw on the flour color, you know, because they they were made out of paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would concoct some sort of recipe. We would mix uh, ingredients together and and try to make something and. We would bake it the next day to see if it turned out and whatnot. So very, very young age, we had imagination because, you know, that's all we had to spend the time. So um, growing up in elementary, junior high, um, high school days, I I would call it, we would, we're like uh, average income to below average income, you Mm -hmm. know. So those were really, uh, I guess... We didn't really know that we didn't have that much money, but, you know, I could tell uh, when growing up is like, you know, we, we could do some things, but we didn't have all the things, right? Uh, right. all the opportunities like, uh, that other kids had. And so fairly conservative family as well. I mean, I've been brought up in, uh, in a Christian home and, and being Korean, you know, very conservative as well compared to 
Western cultures. So, right. yeah, so that to- type of family values and conservative values were instilled in me at uh, a very young age. And so, um, fast forward, I went to SFU. And so, I was trying to make it into the business faculty, but what happened is um, I had a, a CGPA of about 3.35 and was applying. And at the time, I needed a 3.8 to make it into the business faculty. And really, the only topic I really wanted to study um, entering into university was business. Nothing else really recruited my heart or, or I really wanted to study apart from that. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I couldn't study business. So in an indirect way, they told me I was too stupid to study business. So I tried, I tried a few other um, majors, but didn't, uh, didn't really work out. So I just ended up dropping out of college. Um, and then I told my dad, you know, what does the family business have in store? Because I don't want to work at a bank. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to push paper somewhere, you know. So started with the family business and, and worked my way up. And, and then I'd say when I was around 33, uh, I got married pretty early, at 24 years old. I had my first child at 25. You know, I have four, four kids. They're all teenagers right now. Um, and so had all my kids before 30. And so in around 33, you know, I had growing family and... I looked at myself and I said, you know what, you know, I know that I have this potential, so, but why doesn't it show up in my business? Why doesn't it show up in my finances? Why doesn't, like, why don't, why can't I get ahead? And so, it was, I was just stuck. I was, I was always living paycheck to paycheck, trying to save a little, trying to get ahead, mm-hmm. and I knew I was willing to work hard. I knew that I had, you know, above average motivation. And but I was like saying, like, what's missing? Like, why can't I achieve? Why can't I deliver? Because I, I know that I knew, always knew I had really big ambitions in life. Mm. But I looked at my, you know, four kids, my wife and my family. And, and, and it was just like so hard to get ahead. Um, and so... Uh, what happened is, um, I ended up, I ended up, tr- uh, as I was running the family bakery, uh, one of the family bakeries, I, I got an offer to sell direct sales. So direct mm-hmm. sales for a protein shake company called Vaisalis. So Crystal Lap, uh, she invited me to become a promoter, meaning a direct seller of the protein shake. So the protein shake's main purpose was weight loss. So I don't know why I said yes, but something inside me wasn't satisfied with just running the family bakery, although it was great. Um, And so I said yes. It it cost me about $500 to become a promoter, to buy a business license within this direct sales company. Mm -hmm. And I think within six months, I had like, you know, probably close to like three, 400 customers and about a hundred other promoters that I inc- recruited into the business. Wow. I was making a commissions of about, you know, anywhere between, you know, 
fifteen to thirty thousand dollars a month. Um, the company recognized my performance and gave me a BMW to drive. Wow. And so I was like, "Wow!" So when you when you're not used to having a lot of money, and I guess you're a student, so you have your parents to right. be able yeah. to support you right now. But when you like when you go out and you have to support yourself, when you and when when you struggle to to be able to like like live paycheck to paycheck month to month like an extra thousand dollars or two thousand dollars is such a it's such an amazing experience because suddenly you can breathe suddenly right. you can like go out and enjoy you know a meal with the family and not worry about you know whatever mm-hmm. and so yeah that was that was an amazing time the the biggest thing i gained from there is an entrepreneurial mindset meaning i did the learning i did i did I did the personal development. Um, I read in, in a period of about three years, which was the catalyst was the direct sales company by Salas. Um, probably read about 250 books oh, wow. in, that, in that three year span. And really like um, I, I said, because up to that point, like my reference were, was just my family. So mm-hmm. my, 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 what my dad did, what he told me about money and business, I thought that was like, like the Bible of business. But I realized that other people did it a different way. Like I, I, I realized that like they, were, they, they had their own success story. And I started to um, distill all these principles and started to apply them. And I, I feel that that um, I, I, I recognized some patterns and I was at it long enough to be able to, you know, launch a few really cool businesses and, and I'm, I'm doing my, my own startups right now. So that's kind of trying to give you um, uh, like a summary of, right. of, you know, about, you know, 25, 30 years. But um, yeah, I, I'm currently 43. So, and um, still still kicking and still really at the entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Any new recent startups that you just started up that are just in the beginning stages? Yeah, um, I think most recently, about just over a year, it's called When We Eat Foods. So it's the, my new food brand and uh, manufacturing plant that we've opened and are operating. So, so we opened up. A factory not knowing what product that we're going to produce um just over a year ago now mm-hmm. and so and now we if we sell uh three different products that are manufactured from our plant um to can all over canada u.s mexico and australia so that's where mm-hmm. we're at right now we're still in the we're still right in the thick of startup stage right now but um, we have great a great traction, and we've, we're building definitely some big momentum. How do you market your different products that you sell? Yeah, well, I guess I I scaled and ran a very mature company, um, scaled it from zero revenue called Inno Foods uh, to probably three three hundred plus million dollars a year. Wow! And we had about at the height of our you know volume. Uh, just as I left, we were at around 600 people working in, in the company. So 
Yeah, we our biggest customer was like Costco uh, of Costco's of the world, Walmart's, Target, etc. But yeah, I create a product that like somebody like a buyer would want to buy at a Costco or a Walmart or Loblaws, etc. So yeah, I make something, I present it. Um, I love to make products that are what would you call it? Um, unique um, mm-hmm. that don't have a lot of competition so the opposite of that would be a commodity um, something that anybody could sell that the, the barrier of entry is very low um, I like to create value-added products and then present them to buyers so I, I market yeah a lot of people you may or may not know but the sale cycle happens so I have to create a product that a buyer would buy and then they have to present it to their VP and they buy for different reasons and then it has to go to the customer and then they would buy for different reasons oh, so smart. so when you when you're when you're trying to develop a product sometimes you have to make three four five different sales and and everyone buys for different reasons so you ask me how do I market or sell my product and I, I you have to you have to keep keep that in mind and also you have to be humble because sometimes you fall in love with your product and you you stop listening to people mm. so you're like oh this is the greatest and then this is gonna this is gonna be huge but then you go out and then you, you tr- and people tell you this or that or this feature needs to change but and then you just kind of put your blinders on or you don't you don't want to listen but uh, yeah, you have to be able to take criticism and feedback and then really better your product or iterate your service and then, and then really be able to launch. And so, yeah, do a lot of development, but also a lot of listening and a lot of tweaking. So a good product and service sells itself. So like, for example, if you're tr- if you're if you have the wrong product or service and you mm-hmm. really try to market or sell it and it's it's going to be an uphill battle but if you if you take a lot of time to develop your product it kind of sells itself so it it, it meets mm-hmm. it, it meets this category where people kind of just just take it off the shelf literally right um so yeah, that's actually very hard, and there's no. So I th- I think the best sell, like the best marketing, um, is put a lot of time in developing the product to make it unique, to make it stand out from all its competition. Yeah, yeah, but there's 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 something that you said, and that's how a lot of people say, like you need to be unique, you need to be different, you need to. All you really need to be is better. Okay, so mm-hmm. sometimes you create a product that nobody knows about. That means something new, something revolutionary. Yeah, it, that that takes a lot of time to change people's habits. You know, you know what I mean. For okay. example, not everybody's Elon Musk. Right. So he launched a car company, but it mm-hmm. took about ten years for him to gain traction. Yeah. So if you have the money. To be able to pour into a project, and you can you can you can look out ten years. Good for you, but not many people are in that position. You need to sell today to be able to meet 
payroll, to be able to meet rent, to be able to like to be able to live, right? You don't have an excess of a hundred million dollars just lying around to keep pouring into or burning while the market catches up, right? So um, a lot of people, I think a mistake that's made is, oh, I have to be completely different. I have to be completely unique. I have to be completely, but a, a lot of that time, the flip side of that is people don't even know that they need your product because it's so new. There's no reference. So all I, I would, yes, that's true. You want to be differentiated, but you don't want to be so out there that people don't know what to do with you or your I product. See. So I found my greatest success is just iterating on something that's already successful, just make it, just make it incrementally or marginally better, mm -hmm. or adding a spin to something that's ubiquitous. So, <clears throat> I'll tell I'll tell you the first success. I'll apply that principle okay. to our first product, yeah. which is that when I was uh, scaling our product at Inno Foods was, yeah, we were making coconut chips at the time. But the buyer didn't want coconut chips because they felt that it was already the trend had come past. So what we did is we took a coconut chip and changed, tweaked the recipe a little bit and made a coconut cluster. So same recipe, just um, same ingredients, just different recipe, different method. What mm -hmm. happened is everybody knew what coconut chips were, but coconut clusters just fixed everything. It was hearty. It was it was it was sweet, but it was salty. It was wholesome because it had seeds in it. So we improved on it, and it and it and it multiplied that the demand for our product. So a lot mm -hmm. of people fall into this trap if I have to create something so unique, so differentiated. But right. sometimes they develop their sums out of any demand. So, that's, so take something that's already popular and just tweak it just a bit and then scale it up. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you'd be amazed at how much momentum that would give you. Mm, right? And it's far easier to do that than try to create demand for your product. Because mm -hmm. that might take a long time. Right. It usually does. You value your time a lot, obviously. Sure. sure. Uh, could you give any advice to students who don't really know what to do with their time or don't value their time enough? Do you think this, do you think the value of time and understanding the value of time comes with age or do you think this is something that can be taught? Um, you know what? I think, I think like entrepreneurs are kind of wired a little bit different, you know? So <laughs> a lot of people, like I, I will give this example. A lot of people are meant to follow they'll be bred to follow, which is like, yeah, just give me, give me a nine to five or give me instructions and I'll, I'll follow it to a T, right? Basically mm -hmm. like our, our form, like your schooling right now is that's what they're training you to do. Hey, come here by eight thirty, and you sit here until three. And then what happens is we'll give you instructions. You listen to the instructions, you execute on that and we'll give you a grade. The better you you execute on the instructions, or regurgitate this information, the better mark you'll get. So, 
a lot of people are they they don't like to think for themselves. They just like instructions and they like to turn off their brains. But entrepreneurs are are somebody who who really want to solve their solve problems. They want to add value. And so yeah, it it can be taught, but you have to have you have to have a like a desire to to um um to learn that but right i think the more valuable question is mm, like within the same period everyone has the same constraints of time is if you have the time to to do the development within yourself so to learn all that you can learn so that the time that you do spend what happens is you have a greater effect because you're that much more valuable so you're the you're you're the catalyst that changes everything. So if you have low value, if you dove, haven't done the work, if you haven't done the preparation, if you haven't done the learning, if you haven't done the development, then the the time that you apply is basically not very high value. So mm-hmm. I feel that the people that have the greatest sense of time, yeah, they have they've built within themselves immense value so that the hour that they bring you know some some people's times are worth several hundred thousands of dollars tens of thousands of dollars sometimes uh I, when i was running in food my like my i was responsible for a million dollars of revenue per day right per day wow. every single day so like i needed to create a million dollars a day in value because I, I always projected. So yeah, um, yeah, knowing your, knowing what value is, knowing the preciousness and sacredness of time. I, I wrote a book called The Power of Today. And the first acronym of T, it stands for time. So yeah, uh, yeah, definitely time is very important. But I feel that, I think the younger you are, you just you feel that you have an infinite amount of time and the older you get you realize that time shrinks and you don't time have shrinks much time. right and you you you're like oh you know it's i shouldn't waste it and i, I think that has to do with experience and age but mm-hmm. also it has to do with just your experience as well and so also the value that you bring to it so yeah um i think it's both. It it can be learned, and there are certain people that are awake that know how precious time is, um, and there. But opposite, there's a lot of adults that still waste a lot of time. You know, not being able to grasp that concept of the scarcity mm-hmm. of time, the sacredness of time. Yeah, but I think level one is being able to understand being able to have the concept of the time Mm -hmm. and time value you've mentioned that uh school in your opinion doesn't create entrepreneurs it creates factory workers or Mm. people who work in nine to five Mm. if you had the honor of teaching a entrepreneurship class in high school how would you teach it what classes or lessons or what would you implement to make it different than from just uh here's a 
here's here's a paper, write an essay about this, or here's your worksheet, fill these boxes out. What I'll do, and I'll, I would, I'll give everybody, I'll, yeah, we'll, we'll pick a nominal amount, 20 okay. bucks. Okay. And I was like, okay, you have one semester. Use this money to multiply. Like, at the end of three months, come back, invest this money, or use it to buy or flip something. And so everyone, and then everyone would have to explain to everyone else what their journey was. But I see. I would give them, hey, these are the concepts. These are what you can do. This, this $20 bill is just a representation of value. Take it. You can do anything you want. You can do it. You can go and you can buy yourself, you know, a McDonald's combo and then that'll be it. It'll be mm -hmm. done. Or you can go and buy something and flip something and do something. Or you can invest it in a book, learn what's in that book, and then apply it to something and then create value. You do a whole bunch of things, but I would, I would give them a practical topic and they would only be judged on their experience of how they applied um, business concept or entrepreneurial concepts uh, with mm. the 20 bucks. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, th I feel like that'd be awesome if I have an entrepreneurship teacher. Mm -hmm. uh, she obviously doesn't do that, uh, teach in that specific way, but sure. I feel like that would op that would push students towards the entrepreneurial mindset and not a factory nine-to-five worker mindset. So I feel like that'd be an awesome... Yeah, I, I'm really... You know how babies learn? They emulate. They do. They learn by doing. So, like, you don't see somebody teaching a baby that's one or two years old ABCs and, and then having them write. From a very, very young age, they start to observe sounds and shapes and they start to talk and they can learn languages, right? They can learn different emotions. They can learn so much, right, by just emulating. So... That Hellenistic way of learning is we're going to pound you with information, you absorb that, and then we'll give you a test, and then we'll see how much you absorbed. That's just like, I, if you look, go on my blog, you'll see a, a blog post called Knowing to the Power of H3 or Cubed. So it means knowing with your head, knowing with your head and then your heart, and, the, or, and then it goes to head, heart, hands. So... Knowing something with your hands means you can do it, that you can demonstrate it, you can prove it. And I think that's one of the highest forms of learning. So I'm saying whenever I teach my kids or coaching, I'm like, let's get the result. And then I want to reinforce the action to get that result. And then you learn the principles that you, you get it. But a lot of people just stop at their head. In this culture of, like, we have access, instant access to, like, internet, like, chat GTP, like, everything. Everybody knows a lot. Too much, more than they can handle. But they don't do enough. So, I would rather just flip it from day one. Okay, these are the concepts. Great. You know what they are. You can look them up. You can you can pronounce them, but can you do them? And I want you guys to practice doing them every day, rather than just learning a concept about them. Mm -hmm. AI. You mentioned ChatGPT. Do you think this is something that's beneficial? Again, you said 
it gives us all this new technology, this AI gives us so much information that mm. I feel like we get confused and don't know what to do with it. Even uh, if we would, if we were to ask ChatGPT for principles on getting, you know, doing this startup or getting money, it would give us options. We won't implement those options because we'll, in the back of our heads, we'll think, oh, we'll just watch another uh, TikTok video on how to make money that mm -hmm. might apply more to me. So there's always that constant flow of of new videos about getting rich fast and all these new videos but you never really do them because you think the next video might might fall into my criteria and might get me rich fast right so my question would be do you think AI and this new technology is is beneficial in schools outside of schools and do you think create or creating this AI was a step in the right direction I mean there's going to be a lot of benefits that come out of AI there's going to become some a lot of ugly stuff that come out of AI there's going to be a lot of bad that comes out of AI so it's it's going to be a mix of good bad and ugly um, can you really stop that no because that's a pr progression of technology so I think we have to remember that AI stands for artificial. So it's an appearance of intelligence. It's not actual mm. intelligence, <laughs> right? So um, if you, if it, I, I started this interview saying to you, the better questions that you ask, the better answers you're going to get. Same thing with artificial intelligence, fake artificial intelligence. The better questions that you give it, the better answers it will give you or more helpful it will be. Mm -hmm. So still people need to be very, very smart. It will just enable people to do a lot more. And uh, for example, like a person that knows a lot and across a lot of different categories would be able to write 10 articles versus one article in the same amount of time because a lot of the heavy lifting the research is going to be done by AI, but you still need to edit. You still need to put in the humanistic touches. Mm -hmm. You still need to make unique connections because we're storytellers. People, like, we love story. We like making con connections. So, you know, like, for example, the new Fast and Furious 10 just came out. Mm-hmm. They get a bad rap because they're not really creative. Like it's just the same story just going on over and they're just they're just overlaying it with different characters, different settings, and they do the same uh -huh. they do the I same see. stuff. Right? And they're they're they say it's art, but really they should have stopped at probably Fast and Furious six or seven, right? Because after that they just start stopped running uh, out of ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and we celebrate something that's new. We celebrate there's some a new take on something. Um, and we watch it and we give it an attention. But what I'm saying is, yeah, um, artificial intelligence is, is, is going to... It's going to disrupt a lot of industries. And especially those, those positions that aren't very valuable, that you don't use your brain very well. But for people that have 
a keen entrepreneurial spirit and want to make value and connections, it's going to make that person even more powerful. So mm-hmm. it's going to make a, a bigger divide on the people that can use it properly versus people that don't want to progress, don't want to change because they're going to be disruptive because that person just like at that administrative job, they won't be needed because one person can handle 10 people's work. So you don't want to be on the bottom 20% of people. You want to be at the top 20% of people Mm -hmm. to be able to, um, I think Tim Ferriss had this new economy and I tend to agree. This new economy is going to, is going to benefit or is going to reward the specialized generalists. So before you became a doctor, a foot doctor, and you, and you lived as a foot doctor your whole life, right? Um, you know, you became a, you, you became a photocopy repairman and that, but now you need to have like, uh, like a wide knowledge of a lot of different fields and make a lot of connections between them. It's going to, um, so you don't necessarily need to memorize everything. You don't need to become expert because Google already does that better than you, right? And it's mm-hmm. been like that for over 10 right. years. Now, like uh, with AI, there's going to be an appearance of intelligence because it can organize stuff for you. But still, somebody will be able to have, have to tell it what to do and then whatever it spews out is not going to be completely, you know, it's not going to recruit anybody's heart. You still need to uh, edit it. So mm-hmm. that skill will still be there. So, yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's, I don't necessarily like it, but I mean, it's not going to stop right. because of our, what we want or what we think. So might as well get good at it. Mm-hmm. So, right. Yeah. How different do you think your life would be if your parents came to Canada, right? They came to Canada or the yeah. U.S.? Yeah, Canada, okay. Uh, they came to Canada and they weren't necessarily wealthy, but they did have money. Do you think what your drive would have been different? Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, my second book, follow, following up uh, the power of today is the power of hungry. So there's immense power uh, that's developed when you are hungry for something, um, and and when you're when you have a lot, that's actually your biggest handicap. It's because you rely upon that, and you actually don't search for any of the answers. But when you don't have that much, and when you are hungry for knowledge, when you are hungry for experience and making connections and making business and mo- making money, mm-hmm. it's insane power power that pushes people past what they think their limits are. And so I, um, I, I also wrote another blog post uh, on my blog saying your greatest strength is actually your source of your greatest weakness. So actually people who have money and have been, have been given that silver spoon, uh, been fed, fed by that silver spoon, they really don't have a lot of skills. They really mm-hmm. don't, like maybe their parents like gain that wealth but and in their parents generation they probably gain all honed those skills to be able to generate wealth but not not the kids because they've they've not gone through the trenches uh they didn't have any hunger they didn't have any need 
right? So they didn't have any urgency. So, yeah. I see. Yeah. Now, your kids, mm -hmm. uh, I met your son when you opened the door for me. How, how, how do you teach them? Because obviously they're not growing up in a very poor condition, I would assume. Yeah. How, how do you teach them? How would they, do you want them to go down the path you went down? Or what are your expectations for them? Or do you, or do you have enough wealth to sustain their lives? Yeah, I, I would say, what is I view? would say no. Like I've taught them that they need to work for and gain experiences. Uh, of course, I provide them what they, they need to live and they, and they, they get some things that are bonus. I expect them to work. So they work in the family businesses. I expect them to do their chores in the house. I expect them to do study. I do not rely upon the, the school system to give them an education. Okay. Like I teach them separately in terms of what life lessons are, what personal development is, what values are, what what skills that need to develop to be able to thrive. And so, yeah, I mean, um, for them, I, I told them that I want them to grow up and to be able to demonstrate to me in their young adulthood um, that they give me an idea that I would love to invest in, in, in one of their ideas. So I've kind of given them this entrepreneurial, um, I guess, I encourage them, but right. I only reward results. I see. So I don't, I don't just give them because, you know, they're my kids. Like, of course they get, the benefit of living in our house, driving the cars, whatever, and when we go on vacations, going being a part of that. But another side is I don't, I don't like encourage mediocrity. I also, uh, I only reward results. Mm -hmm. So no intentions. So a lot of people like just like oh, but I tried hard. I don't care about trying hard. I right. care about they bring bring me something. Yeah, give me the results. Show me the results. So, yeah, I give encouragement, but I only reward results. Mm -hmm. could, you, could you share some tips and tricks that could help students with an entrepreneurial mindset mm. to begin a startup? Or uh, you've spoken about, uh, you know, finding a product and mm. tweaking it a bit. Sure. But could you, uh, some tips and tricks that you used or that you know work uh, from writing your books, writing your blog posts? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any shortcuts, but like really reading the books, like reading, really, really reading the books that will change their lives. There are a ton out there. There are a ton of garbage books, but like popular books are like, especially in personal development, um, business. Um, they're popular for a reason because they they have a lot of nuggets. So if you imagine, you uh, the average book costs maybe twenty bucks. Um, there's a million dollar idea in most books, right? Because you can imagine how long it took that author to distill that lifetime worth of knowledge in that book, and how much it costs for people to publish a book, you know, and you can buy it for twenty bucks. Mm -hmm. Uh, read the books because it's like a lifetime of experience and knowledge and wisdom 
distilled into like eight to ten hours right mm -hmm. and i always look when i'm buying a book and, and i'm a bit more pickier now but i'm like i go through it in like two or three days uh, i'm a i'm a audio listener um i'm looking for my million dollar nugget mm -hmm. that's first um second is um try you know um it's very very hard to do but like what you've done you've you you know you basically you've basically been really persistent on on trying to track me down and and a lot of the times if you ask me to try to schedule something it's so hard to know what my schedule will be so mm -hmm. it's like i just yeah, i just told you to call me yeah and, then, and when you called me i'm like oh, okay we'll do it today right, right. so it's yeah. just like because i'm like if we're gonna do it just just get it done right so mm -hmm. like continue like, like people of value are really hard to get a hold of oh yeah you know what i mean yeah it's not like and you have to kind of work within their cadence and you, yeah. you can't it's like not everybody's you know the same way and so yeah just know that just keep hanging around like people like for me when i was like really growing personally like in my i was like i spent like a lot of time like with jim Rohn, with tony robbins like there's a ton of like youtube videos right mm -hmm. of them doing like hour two hour seminars i would spend hundreds of hours with these people and they'd be talking with me so jim Rohn said you're the you're the compilation of the top five people you spend the t most time with yeah right so if that's true then keep keep introducing other people in your life that are valuable they'll rub off on you you'll start thinking like they do you'll start like you'll start looking at what they spend their time on how they look at problems how they solve problems how they develop a solution to be able to make make some money or or, or whatnot so yeah mm -hmm. to be able to continue to do that would be um like start hanging around people start listening to people online that are different that are successful the way that they talk the, the things that they talk about the vocab that they use you'll, you'll suddenly be able to 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 you know, they'll rub off on you as well and then don't be afraid to try stuff yeah. experience stuff like hey tr like if you have an idea go try it you know you gotta fail you gotta fail to be able to know what you're not good at so mm -hmm. yeah i think those are but if you're an entrepreneur you you you're gonna do it yeah there's no stopping you I, I guarantee you like if you're an entrepreneur you have to do it. it's in your blood <laughs> yeah you just you gotta get it done yeah i see and then right before we finish off here um what is your favorite podcast and your favorite book these books could be written by you or they could be some some book that you've read that's beneficial for students and then because you mentioned some books out there on money on entrepreneurship aren't are complete trash yeah. could you name some that are well known that you do not believe in okay the first question was what was it podcast and favorite book okay my favorite podcast i think i think what's oh what's that um what's that podcast I I I like Evalutainment right now, mm -hmm. yeah, and I like a lot of their their stuff and and the people that yeah. they interview and the topics that they talk about. 
um what's that what's that uh podcast that um something theory um it has a lot of great content yeah it's um tim bilyeu um and his um so tim oh tom bilyeu sorry tom bilyeu's um podcast mm-hmm. i think he has some amazing content and he, amazing questions like the questions that he asks um i think like for 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 someone that like you i think you would get a lot out of a book called the third door third door it, it, i read that book and i got a lot of out of that book but i think for some reason if you read that book you'd get a lot of it my personal um i think compound the compound effect by darren hardy um worth a lot of money for me um i've read that book eight times um seven laws of highly effective people such a great book i've read that several times uh, 21 Ir- irrefutable laws of leadership john mm. c maxwell um pumpkin plan uh, by michael michalowicz um and then probably sticking point solution uh by um jay abram um yeah those are those are some of the books that really impacted me um uh that i can that i can think about yeah yeah and then some trash books yeah (laughs) you know try to avoid a lot of the trash books but um what are some big ones that you've read or you know about that you I, i don't know like there's there's always something there's always one thing in a book you know that you can get if somebody spent time to write words on a paper and spend that much money to publish it, there's at least one idea, right? Right. Maybe it's not worth reading again. Like some of the, a lot of the books I read a number of times or at least once a year. Mm. And sometimes it's a, like you get one, one thing out of one chapter and you throw it away. But it's going to be more, it's still going to be worth more to you than not have read it. So, yeah, I, you know, I think I generally think that books are gonna do more good than bad. Um, and if they spent that much time and energy to actually publish it, there's gonna be at least one nugget in the book that's gonna be worth of admit the price of admission. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I I haven't read anything that's complete trash. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then. Feel free to not to answer this, but a question that everybody kind of wants to know: mm. What is your net worth? <laughs> feel yeah. free; to, you don't have to answer. But uh, I feel like a lot of students. That's well, that's I, fun fact, you know, interesting. You know what? This is. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't mind. Like, hey, I built a company that was worth a billion dollars for my father, and I left it because I wanted to do it again, and I did it. So. That the reason why that company is worth a billion dollars is it, it it the revenue was in and around three hundred and sixty million dollars a year you know U S dollars right and so a, a company um, I won't name the company but they they offered to buy it for seven hundred million U S so if you convert that to Canadian it's a billion dollars so basically <laughs> built that in, th- in seven years so wow. I, I left to challenge myself to. To build it, so I sold a commercial building worth about four point five million, and 
three supercars um, worth, you know, a couple, you know, maybe 1.5 to 1.7 million. Uh, Rolls Royce worth about 600,000. And then uh, maybe 10 Bitcoin uh, <laughs> to fund my business. Uh-huh. And my business right now probably is the valuation would be in and around, you know, 10 to 12 million dollars. So, you know, I give myself a net worth of, hey, say my, I'll say most of my net worth is in my, the value of my business. Mm-hmm. Of course, I own this building here as well. That's worth 5 million. The entire building? Yeah. Well, no, just, just my unit now. Oh, okay. And so it's worth 5, five million and um uh, my house so you know another three million or or so and so yeah i would kind of in and in and around 15 million dollars give or take maybe if you wanted to really bump (laughs) it up maybe 20 Uh but i'm on the way to build another i want to build another billion dollar company so i'm on on the way i've done it once and you can uh, do it again i'm doing it again yeah you're not stopping yeah so it's like yeah, my a lot of my worth is net worth I built in within my 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 family's business, mm-hmm. and I didn't extract anything when I left. So, yeah, I would say in and around twenty million dollars right now, but on the way to becoming a billionaire. So, again, <laughs> wow, you know. that's that's it's hard to comprehend. I know the difference. Not a lot of people understand the difference between a million and a billion dollars. Mm. A million. It was actually uh, Joe Rogan that said this. A, uh, a million seconds is 11 days, and a billion seconds is 36 years or something. Right. So it's crazy concept, hard to comprehend. But uh, just want to say thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing all your insights and all your businesses and your entrepreneurial mindset. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's all I have to say. Thank you very much. Amazing. <laughs>